Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to episode 100 of the Pro Wrestling Index, right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Yes, we've we have reached 100 episode CN. We have reached that fantastic number, but um, unlike CN Almas, we will not be buried on the pre-show. No, no, we're here for the main event, which means uh, the three-man band is back together. So on air drums, it's Mochatra on an air guitar. It's Guy Drinkle. Welcome along, gentlemen. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. I think it was a sitar, wasn't it? <laughs> the air sitar. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Oh, oh trendy. Uh, for the purposes of podcast, of course, uh, you dear listeners will not be able to see um, Guy doing his moves there, you know, playing all them chords Maybe too and more you. smashing the cymbals <laughs> as he goes through. Um, so, guys, 100 episodes of the Pro Wrestling Index and, you know what, a big weekend of wrestling uh, this past week. We had the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn Part 4 and, of course, SummerSlam. So, so much for us to get through two huge events of wrestling and... Um, later on in the show, we will, um, we will be looking back on those 100 episodes of PWI with the man who's been here from the very start, Mr. Mochatra. But to start things off more, um, welcome back. We haven't had you on the show for a while. Um, NXT Takeover. On the whole, did you enjoy the show? Do you think it lived up to your expectations? Oh, yes, it did. Um, more than lived up to it, in fact. Um, it was possibly the best NXT takeover event ever. And we've had some amazing takeover events over the last uh, year to 16 months. Um, they, they've really been on fire, churning out one great takeover after another. But uh, this one, top to bottom as a main card, might have just been the most consistently great one to date. It was that good. Wow, high praise indeed. And a guy we, you know, we, we spoke about this uh, on the, the preview last week. Um, how we expected it to be a great show just because it's takeover and they're always great. 
Uh, same question to you then. Did, did you enjoy it? Did it live up, uh, live up to your expectations? I mean, I'm not going to say it was horrendous. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's NXT. It's, uh, it's, it's always perfect. And I don't know if it's the best one I've ever seen because I think I pretty much, we pretty much say that after every takeover nowadays, don't we? So I, I'll just say it was brilliant. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to match war games as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it it was it was it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And obviously, we'll get into the individual stuff. But there wasn't a low point, and there rarely is a low point, isn't there? The most disappointing thing is actually that I've just got it up on Wikipedia, and it spoiled the match for the NXT <laughs> on TV, which is disappointing. But that that's, yeah. that's for another complaint. Uh, we should, of course, mention uh, to. Uh... Uh, our benefactor, Mr. Gagstandon, if you're listening, uh, this show will contain spoilers for NXT TakeOver and <laughs> SummerSlam, so if you haven't watched them, then you're probably not going to enjoy listening to this podcast. So, so yeah, then, Guy, tune out now. Yeah, tune out now, Gags. <laughs> so, Guy, um, one, of, prob- one of my favourite matches of the weekend, uh, quite possibly my favourite match of the uh, TakeOver event, was the tag team title match, uh, undisputed era, overcoming uh, Mustache Mountain? Um, what were your thoughts on this one? It it was bloody fantastic. That's my thoughts on it. Uh, it was just it was just everything you needed in a tag team match. I mean, I think I mentioned on the preview, uh, tag team matches have always been brilliant, but they haven't really reached that. Um, level that DIY and the revival had. I think that that's probably the closest it's been been since that. Um, and that, that's not saying all the other ones are bad. It's just that they didn't reach that pretty much show stealing level. And I think this this one really did did get in that. And I mean, you, you could probably mention any match for match of the night, but you could easily make a case for this. And um, yeah, I, I, I said before we started recording, Tyler Bay is younger than me, and he's already doing that. I mean, if he's not, if WWE don't have plans for him to become one of the best people in their company for whatever the next twenty odd years, they're doing something wrong. Because with at that age, with that level of talent, he should be he should be the next face of the company. With someone we'll obviously mention later in Velveteen Dream, because them them two being in the very, very early 20s. It's just it's just special levels of talent. But on, on the tag team match, I mean, Undisputed Era. I, I know they've had the uh, change from Bobby Fish to to Roderick Strong, but nothing's changed. They're, they're, they're just still brilliant as a as a team. And, and Mustache Mountain, I wasn't aware of the, uh, the previous one where Undisputed Era won it back when they threw in the towel before, but adding... Adding that bit of story element into it, it was it was brilliant, and I, I thought Mustache Mountain were going to do it for a bit there, but no, uh, perfect. It was perfect match for me. Yeah, it's uh, and yeah, absolutely with uh, Tyler Bate. As I said last week, for his age, his talent and his ability to work is freakish. Uh, more, I, I like I said, I love this. What about yourself? Did you feel that this was? up there with some of the best that we've seen in terms of um, like revival DIY, because I, I thought this was just tremendous. I, I loved the way that they work so snugly. You know, they really laid it in. They, they amplified everything. There wasn't, it didn't feel like there was a low point in the match at all. It was, it, it was, if this was the closest thing to strong style, do you think that's fair? I mean, what were your thoughts on it? 
Oh, it was immense. Absolutely immense. Uh, um, you know, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven are just um, a fantastic pairing. They, they are underrated, in fact, because, um, you know, there were others who were given a higher profile in NXT, albeit the pair obviously have held the NXT tag team titles in the last several months. Um, but, you know, they are capable of so much um, in the ring and, um, you know, they showed it really um, here um, in abundance. The, the, these are two in, impressive individuals, um, especially Tyler, as you say, for somebody so young. He started at only about 15 years of age. Um, in fact, I'm seeing him um, just over a week's time as we record this. Um, so he, so he, he and Trent Seven... Their home promotion is a promotion called Fight Club, uh, Fight Club Pro, even um, based in Gags Country in Wolverhampton. Um, so I'll be out there in that neck of the woods um, to see those two live. Um, but you know they regularly churn out work of this caliber, um, and uh, now this was one of the best NXT tag team matches um, ever. Wasn't the best NXT tag match I've seen. That would probably be that I think best of three falls uh, match we saw. Between was it DIY and Revival a couple of years so. ago? Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty special. Yeah, so for me that that's still the best one ever. But you know, this wasn't all that far off. This was an amazing start to the show, and um, really put um, the crowd on its feet um, from the start of the event. And that that was you know just the perfect way to start the event. And and absolutely agree with you. By the way, and. EC3 and Velveteen Dream then more I, I've said I think EC3 has, clearly has got the physique, he's got the look he can talk, he's got all of that I wasn't too sold on his in-ring work but what about him and Velveteen, I mean we know Velveteen is a star in the making, we, we've seen that already, do you think their styles gelled well enough here Whether you know, was, was the chemistry quite right because this match for me was you know, it, it was good. It delivered. It was perhaps slightly better than I, I uh, anticipated, but still not quite at the level of the other matches I thought that we had that night. That's right. I mean, it was victim to two things: um, the quality of the other matches, but also um, the quality of Velveteen's uh, previous takeover uh, contest as well. Um, you know, he's really set the bar very high for himself with some pretty amazing contests um in his short um nxt career thus far um so compared to some of those early matches this wasn't as good uh, but still in its own right a good match um but i think what it did show is that ec3 is clearly somebody who isn't of the level of worker of many of the uh, talent that are on nxt at the moment um now he is a competent worker um did some fine work in TNA, but um, you know he's surrounded by people that are, you know, in many cases several levels above him as workers, and uh, you know he he will certainly struggle to stand out when it comes to his in-ring work. So he has to compensate for that with uh, personality and look. Um, but with Velveteen, you know, he, he's got everything. You know, he's got the look, he's got the work, and he, you know, given his lack of experience. Um, you know, it's almost frightening to think how good he could be um, for five years down the line. Um, so by his high standards, it wasn't one of his better NXT outings, but, uh, you know, still, as I say, pretty good in its own right. 
Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And Guy, you know, we, we talked about this last week. Um, it, it did have potential. I, I did wonder what it was going to be like. As it turned out, it was slightly better than I expected. Mm. But 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 what about yourself then? Do, do you feel that the, these two kind of meshed or do you think this is like one and done, they've done this, it's, these two kind of need to move on? Uh, and, and even the way that they were kind of uh, positioned, you know, with Dream taking on the heel role that the fans though seem to love him and they get behind him and EC3 playing the role of a baby face yet his his gimmick is more sort of heel like do, do you think that this is it then what we've seen we've seen it's time to move on in separate uh, move on in separate paths I, I think so I think so I mean when Moore was describing EC3 there about him being more personality and everything for me that just kind of screams that he's probably ready to be fast-tracked into the main roster more than anything, because you can, you can get by with personality and a character, and he's not, he's not bad in the ring, is he? He's, he's, he's okay in the ring, so I think he could be, he could be one of these ones who's fast-tracked in, into the main roster, and, and then whether it's SmackDown or Raw, he, he, he could do a job on that, because he'd do a job up there, um, and I think he, he's more of that style, whereas on NXT it is, it's all on your wrestling ability when it comes to the takeover, isn't it? It's how it's sink or swim. So I think you, maybe not straight away, but I could see EC3 com, coming up in a couple months, maybe even WrestleMania. I, mean, I know that's like a, what six, no eight months away, whatever. Um, but I think EC3 will probably be in the main main roster before Velveteen Dream is. Um, but yeah, I think I think it will be one and done because, as you said, the dynamics of the match just didn't really mesh that well because. Velveteen Dream's probably a better heel, but he's one of them ones that you just have to like, isn't it? Whereas EC3 mm-hmm. is probably... He's kind of similar to what Bobby Roode was, wasn't it? You kind of like him, but he is just a, a cocky heel character. Um, what about Logan. them tights then? What about what about it, uh, Dream's tights? Call me up, Vince. You know, wiggling uh, you know, across his backside, wiggling it to the camera. I mean... <laughs> It's brilliant, isn't it? I, one of my favourite moments, I've got to say, I, th- I thought that was fantastic. I thought that was really smart. There's, there's two ways of looking at it. Either he's had that passed by Triple H and the higher-ups, or he's kind of just turned up with that, and he's got probably the biggest cojones on NXT. Um, so hopefully, well, hopefully it's a bit of both, but no, I loved it. I loved it. It's just, it just, it's perfect for the character and even if he's like the off screen as well, just shows the confidence he has in himself because, uh, as Mo said again, um, he's, he's the complete package and B, I think he is a homegrown WWE talent, isn't he? Uh, he's not from Indies or all like that. So I imagine that he, he, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he did, he did, he, did very very limited amount of shows yeah. before he got into the system so yeah, yeah I, I guess they'll look upon him as a homegrown talent really yeah uh, so essentially that, I, think and, I think that'll work out well for him in terms of yeah, long term perspective I, I think that I think the, the, the sense of humour backstage will probably have quite appreciated it as well but um, we're talking coolness there's nobody cooler than Adam Cole North American Championship match with Ricochet. Now, guy, last week we talked about this as you know potentially being the match, you know, the match that steals the entire weekend. Um, there were some sensational moments in it. I mean, the, the, there was that one in particular that that you picked out the the super kick. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, we were talking before we recorded, and I, I said that's probably the best superkick spot ever, and then uh, more reminded me of the Shawn Michaels, Shelton Benjamin one, but I think this one tops it, just because it's something I've never seen before. I mean, we've seen plenty of Springboard superkick spots since that since that moment, but um, yeah, the the the, the moonsault superkick, good god. I mean, <laughs> you have to be so good at that. I mean, he could have just took his head off. I mean, I think he caught him in the throat, but I think he must be all right. But good God, what what a match that was. And I think, for me, this probably was match of the night because I'm, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm not going to say the Champa uh, Gargano thing's got stale, but I think this was just so fresh. And, and moments like that super kick thing, it's just completely new. And I loved it, and uh, the fact that Ricochet won, it it gives a gives a new feud, and in that's well, not even mid card, is it? Is there really a mid card on NXT? It's just all brilliant. Um, but it 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 gives a it gives a new feud for Adam Cole, and um, well, we didn't mention it during the tag team thing, but the uh, other half of Undisputed Era has got got a new feud on their way, so it looks like Undisputed Era have got their their matches for the next takeover, haven't they? So I think it looks set, and it looks like it'll be brilliant. Yeah, it, it was more silly. Uh, more, I mean, Adam Cole and Ricochet. I know you're a fan of Ricochet. You spoke very, very highly of him uh, when he arrived. Um, that that spot they did with the with the super kick. I mean, that just spoke volumes to me of the the timing and the precision of both guys to, to get that spot on. It's just such a risky spot, but to do it so well, it was incredible. Oh yes, it was absolutely, and um, you know, this is what I expect from Ricochet. I'm glad in in a way that um, they allowed him to go out there and work as freely as he did, because my worry with him coming into the WWE is that, um, like they've done with many independent talents, is um, restrict what you can and can't, what you can do, what you can't do. Um, but certainly on the evidence of this contest, um, you know, you're certainly given free reign to work that very athletic style. I mean, as a flyer and as an athlete, there are very, very, very few in the business that can say that they're his equal. I mean, Will Ospreay is perhaps the only one that immediately comes to mind. Um, there are one or two luchadors as well, like Ray Horace, um, but there really are very, very few. And, you know, so, you know, even, even the super kick spot aside, um, some of the other high flying maneuvers that he came out with uh, were just absolutely insane and uh he really um you know lit up this contest and was, was a star and you know to do that against adam cole who's no slouch when it comes to in-ring work um you know shows just what caliber of worker he is so great all round for me every bit as good as the opening contest which i thought was excellent um so as a the start to the show um you know two out of three matches from the opening three contests being absolutely amazing um it, it was just a heck of a start to the event it certainly was and from there the the, the women's championship match i've got to say i think this match over delivered for me because i know more you've you've not been too much of a fan of Shayna baszler's work since she's come up she looked quite sort of limited i, I think she's shown a development in this match particularly uh and and carries staying I think she took, she really displayed just how how good a worker she is. And these two, the chemistry they had in this match, I thought it was great. And even the just the story that they were 
Alan, it was this. This for me is is just so many levels above anything I've seen from Shayna Baszler up to this point. I agree again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, on the basis of this match, you know, she has really come on in leaps and bounds. We've got to give credit to uh, Kyrie as well. I mean, she is far more accomplished in the ring um, for years and years. Uh, was the star performer for Stardom, which is one of the promotions out in Japan, and um, you know, is an immense talent. But uh, Basler, um, certainly, when it comes to her in-ring work. Um, this was right up there. I mean, the only match that comes to mind that was pretty much at that kind of level is the match she had last year against um, Tony Storm from um, Australia, I think it is, and um, who, who happens to be um, Tyler Bates' girlfriend, believe it or not. So um, Tony Storm is, is one of the uh, great talents that we'll be seeing in the upcoming uh, May Young Classic again, I think. Um, and she'll certainly be part of uh, NXT UK as well. But, um, yeah, Basler, um, as a champion, certainly came across very, very well. And, um, you know, it was a heck of a match. And uh, I really didn't expect it to be as good as it was. So, you know, that, that certainly, of all of the matches, was perhaps the one that exceeded expectations the most and was the pleasant surprise of the night. And Guy, what were your thoughts on this match then? Do you, do you think this was this match was turned out to be a, a lot better than what you expected? And, and perhaps you think maybe Shayna Baszler might even uh, make that move up to the to the roster sooner than we thought. Um, yeah, it was it, it exceeded all all my expectations. I think I've, I've not hid from the fact that I've I've been a, a critic of uh, her title run I, I think her matches have just kind of been weird and very limited especially the Ember Moon ones um, but she she has got better and, and fair dues to her I mean that's what NXT is for and I know some of the best workers in the company are still are in there but ultimately it is the de- developmental show for for, uh, for some of the more greener talent and, and there's definite definite improvement there um, so yeah, that that's probably her best her best match that I've seen. I mean, I, I admittedly didn't watch the uh, May Young Classic as I said uh, last w- uh, in the preview, but um, yeah, ho- hopefully it continues. But I imagine the rematch will probably be at the Evolution pay per view on it, so that'll probably be a, a big uh, a big platform for the for the two of them, and, and hopefully they'll put on an even better match. But in terms of her main roster. Uh, Future, yeah, there is that natural star with uh, with Ronda Rousey and stuff like that. But maybe after Evolution, um, you see that connection with Ronda Rousey somehow, uh, and you can develop the story onto Survivor Series or whatever. And um, yeah, I, I think she, I think she'll definitely fit in on on main roster character wise as well. Because I think her character wise, character wise, she she fits in brilliant on on NXT TV. But if if the matches keep going up, she's going to be a, a hell of a coup for. Uh, for whichever program gets her on the for TV, but yeah, good signs from her. And Kari Sane, um, I've not really watched uh, much of her either, but that very impressive. Very, she, I think she elevated the match with her style and stuff like that. <laughs> Again, I, I'm, <laughs> her character's a bit weird being a pirate and stuff like that, but um, yeah, if she's getting the platform she deserves of the evolution thing, I mean, if she puts on a better performance than that, hell, goddamn, it's gonna bit potential to steal the show on that one yeah it's a good point it's uh it's 
you know, all moving towards that evolution pay-per-view, it's there's lots of good contributions potentially you're waiting in the wings. Uh, more that saw the final match of the night to Master Champa defending the NXT Championship against Johnny Gargano. Um, Guy had already mentioned how, you know, it wasn't a case of it this becoming stale, but you know, the, enjoyed the fact that you know Adam Cole and, and Ricochet felt so fresh. Do you think, in in some ways, it was difficult for uh, Gargano and Champa to to even match the level that they, they attained in their previous two encounters? Yes, it sort of was really. Um, those earlier contests were possibly two of the three or four best NXT matches ever. And when you think about some of the matches we've seen on NXT over the last several years, that really is saying something. Um, and I think that the stipulation of the match didn't help either. I think that that certainly hurt it in a way. But in saying all of that, I actually still had it as my match of the night. So um, I, I still thought it was an absolutely incredible contest. Um, not so much in terms of, um, you know, it having an amazing um, kind of closing stretch of fantastic near falls and submissions because it it wasn't that type of match. It was a last man, but it, it was a last man standing contest, and that you know it had to be worked in a different way. But um, it was more about the storytelling in this one, and um, I, I thought that a lot of what they did was very very clever, and um, you know th- there was drama of a different type compared to what we saw in you know, the two main earlier matches um, previous to takeover events. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was exceptional. Um, there were people that found the, the finish to the match um, a little bit disappointing. I personally didn't. I thought it was, again, quite clever um, that, you know, he fell to his feet um, and that, as a result, resulted in um, Champa retaining the belt. But... Um, you know, I, I can understand why others felt, you know, it was a bit unsatisfying in the way that was done. Um, and I like to now see them going different ways. I think that, um, you know, this was about as far as they can go um, and anymore. And it will feel like it's outstayed its welcome. So uh, um, it appears that that is the direction they'll be going in. Um, and, and that's good to see. And guy, what about you then on that finish? Because as as Maul mentioned, I thought I thought it was fine. It made in in some ways it, it kind of made sense for me because it was that old school thing of you know the the heel got lucky in in how, how he managed to win rather than he was victorious. But there has been some controversy. There's been mixed reviews all over that finish. What what were your thoughts on it? I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I think once it got and he was handcuffed and stuff like that. You could kind of see it coming. That's probably the only criticism I'll give it, because he, he was obviously handcuffed right near the edge, and you could think, well, he's probably just going to roll off and stand up. Um, that would probably be my only criticism, but from a storyline point of view, I, I really liked it. I, I can't remember who made the point, uh, if, it, if I saw it on Twitter or it was in our group, that Gargano got so pissed off that he beat himself kind of thing, and I, I quite like that. And I, as as uh, Mo said... It, it looks like the way they ended it with um, Gargano, whatever it is, kayfabe or whatever, um, dislocated his kneecap, I think they said on commentary or whatever. It, it, it's it's natural now that they go their separate ways and whether they eventually come back for the uh, WrestleMania 
take over and have one last hurrah and then one of them or both of them go up to the main card. Um, so be it, but yeah, they definitely needed uh, need to split from each other for a little bit at least. Because I think we said on the preview, didn't we? It's a shame Alistair Black was injured because I think they needed that extra dance partner to to match the first two matches. And um, as I, as I said previous, it, it didn't get stale, but I think you put it you put it perfectly. It was never going to match the first two matches because they're some of the best matches probably in WWE history. Never mind NXT. So yeah, yeah, I I, re- I really enjoyed the match and I, I liked the ending and there's a natural progression there. I haven't watched NXT this week yet, so I'm not sure if they've, they've developed the story at all. But it'll be interesting to see who goes against Champa next for the title because I'm, I'm not sure there's not too many faces uh, in the main in the uh, main uh, card on NXT. Yeah, it would certainly be interesting to see what they're doing next. I mean, normally the the first NXT TV show straight after a takeover event. Is it basically just dark matches that were filmed on the day? Yeah, so it's yeah, it's sure. not it's not really story time, it's storytelling TV. We get that next week, but it certainly will be interesting. And I just I do agree with you both. I, I think it is is a natural progression now that they're both kind of somehow moving the different directions, and it will be intriguing as to quite how they handle it. But um, on the whole, yeah, as you both said. You know, an excellent event, as we now have, have come to expect. These takeovers are just magnificent. Two and a half hours of pure wrestling pleasure. It was just superb. Uh, and, and you know, we, we said on the preview last week, Guy, that um, it, you'd almost be disappointed or something would – either something would have to go wrong or SummerSlam would have to do something incredibly spectacular to overshadow takeovers such as uh, the way that the events have gone. Did you feel SummerSlam was overshadowed then, or do you do you think it stood out in its own right and and was a damn good show? Um, I I think it was overshadowed, but that doesn't mean SummerSlam was bad. Because I, I I said afterwards, I think this is probably the best pay per view they've done since for me probably Survivor Series. For me personally, I know I know used to said it was. Uh, a bit indifferent, but I, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, some of the finishes were a bit stupid, let's be honest. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed SummerSlam. Just the fact NXT was was uh, special. But no, SummerSlam is one of my favourite pay per views in in recent memory for me. Uh, um, the only we'll get to the dark points, but um, other than the horrendous crap matches on the the pre show, there was only one real bad spot for me. Yeah, we'll we'll. we'll quickly mention the pre-show shortly but uh, more yourself then um i was i was a bit mixed i thought that it had some it had some good stuff but it had some disappointing stuff and, and a bit kind of in the middle um overall what were your thoughts on, on SummerSlam 2018 a good event or just somewhere in the middle yeah good but certainly not great definitely not one of the best ever summer slams um only one match of all 13 contests on the card was one that I would describe as a great match, a truly great match. Um, and even then, it wasn't even as great as the three, possibly four best matches on NXT TakeOver, uh, which I'll come on to in a moment. But, uh, yeah, have, overall... Have um, you got to stop comparing NXT to the main roster, though? Because it's <laughs> never going to win, is it? It's never going to win. <laughs> Well, you know, I think there has been one occasion from memory where um, a WWE pay-per-view, um, I can't remember which one it was, 
um, was actually better than takeover. But yeah, you're right. I mean, usually takeovers are better, usually comfortably better than the uh, main roster pay-per-views that follow the next night. But uh, even if we're not comparing to takeover, I mean, it was still, in my view, um, mm. not a great, not a great show because you know there were several very dubious kind of booking decisions, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of matches which were not all that special. And, um, you know, it was a bit too up and down and, you know, it felt very, very long at six hours. Yeah, that, that is something I think that really uh, hinders these these big uh, WWE main roster shows is, is just the fact that they're, they're just far too long. I know they want to get so many people on there. And when we've got the pre-show, I just don't think it really helps having guys wrestle in front of um well not even half empty stadiums at times you know some of them you know you get the first match out there yeah you've got you've got a front row that looks pretty full on one side but then the camera switches and you can see front row is absolutely empty on the other side of the ring you know behind the hard camera yeah it's yeah it's um it it is too damn long the pre-sh and it's a real shame for people who are on there. It's there's there's a bit of a it, that in itself being on the pre-show. It, it just I think it kind of um, hinders your career almost. How uh, your perception of where you are. Uh, you know the 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 tag team uh, quickly then the raw tag teams. The, the titles are on the B team. You know, the defeated, the, the revival. I haven't watched the match because I knew the outcome, so I didn't want to watch it. Um, it, it's, I've got to say, look, I, I, Guy, I know you're, you like the quirkiness sometimes. Oh, no. no you no, like no, some no, of these no. comedy ones. You like to be different sometimes. They are annoying the hell out of me with this beating thing. Are you, are you behind them or are you like me on the cynical side? Um, when I like quirkiness, I like Team Hell No, not the fucking B Team. <laughs> uh, yeah, these are these are awful, absolutely awful. And um, I watched the match. It was it was good until the end. It was okay, but that's because the revival were running the match, and then the ending was disgusting. Basically, someone you had someone in a in a pin predicament, and then someone knocked someone else, and it knocked the pin to the other the other way, and whoever pinned whoever. But yeah, it was um, it it was awful, and we said it on the preview, didn't we? That the uh, this is going two ways for the revival: final nail in the coffin, or the start of the tag team division being brilliant again. And it was the final nail in the coffin. And now, Andy, I'm just praying that the authors of pain come in and steamroll everyone because that's all I can hope for now. But that's not going to happen because they're feuding with tight as fucking worldwide. <laughs> yeah, that was such a great booking. Uh, just briefly on this, then more. I've got to say, for me, it's a real, dis- it's a particular disappointment. One because um, I'm a fan of tag team wrestling. I'm an old school fan of tag team wrestling, and I think it has a great place on every roster. And NXT is perfect example of how it can complement a roster and a show um and there is so much talent within the tag team divisions across both shows but raw is really being hampered i think and and such a solid team like the revival and then you like guy mentioned you've got aop there i i you know throwing it to comedy i think is so counterproductive 
Well, it can be counterproductive, except I find nothing funny about the B team. Um, there's just no redeeming features whatsoever. Their entrance music is a complete disaster. God. Um, you know, it's, it's possibly the worst entrance theme in the history of the company. I, I think the whole thing is just a, a, a rib, as they call it in the wrestling business. You know, just um trolling the fans to say okay we're going to put the most annoying pairing out there and shove them down your throats and let's see how you like it um that that has to be the sole reason for for them getting this kind of push and certainly getting the tag team titles um they should be nowhere near those belts you know they've damaged the credibility of the belts and the belts in fairness haven't had a great deal of credibility in the last several years to begin with um, but you know, the, the sooner they just move on from this phase and try and treat that tag team division with a bit more respect, the better. And they've got the teams, as you say, um, to try and do that with, um, as you say, notably, uh, revival and AOP. Um, so they just need to move on from this and, uh, ho- hopefully this, this nightmare that we're going through with the tag team division won't last for much longer. Yeah, here, here, and ha, 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 Vince, yes, we're all laughing. Can we please get back to the show now, please? <laughs> uh, so, <coughs> um, kicking off the, the, the main card then, we will go into this one more because I particularly enjoyed this uh, this match. Seth Rollins with Dean Ambrose at his side, uh, defeating Dolph Ziggler with Drew McIntyre, of course, at his side. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Um, and just an, one of many really good matches that these two have had. Oh, yes, it was. Um, Rollins, for me, this year, um, of talents on the main rosters, both Raw and SmackDown, has been the best worker. Um, I think he's been consistently great um, this year, especially since WrestleMania, um, has been the best TV performer. Uh, And for me, this was actually the match of the night. I know that others had um, other matches um, as their matches of the night or match of the night, but... uh, this was the one for me. Um, built really well. Had a really exciting um, closing final few minutes. And um, I thought it was the right result as well. It was the right time to uh, put Rollins over for a singles title again. And, uh, you know, it, it was a really good finish. And, and uh, you know, fans were up on their feet and uh, really into it. So uh, the perfect way again, um, just like the previous night, to uh, kick off the the main show. And Guy, do you think Seth Rollins burned it down? Yeah. Oh, God. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll be singing before the end of the show. I Don't know. you worry. I know, you're having a fucking beer as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it was brilliant. I mean, they've got... I think WWE found this formula of putting Seth... If he's not, obviously, in a WWE title match, please... Oh, God, I just remembered what happened on Raw. That's not happening for a while. Um... Yeah, if Seth Rollins isn't in the main event, he's going to start every pay-per-view because, as Moore said, he he is he's the best thing in the company at the minute, and I, and I just doesn't that gets a lot of love. But Seth Rollins is just he's the only reason Raw's been watchable for probably the best part of like a year. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, this is this is pro, I'll, I'll say top two matches um, for me on, on the on the show. 
there's one later on. I imagine you can think which one it is. Um, was uh, was brilliant, and yeah, I agree. Um, as soon as Dean Ambrose was coming was coming back in, I thought there was only two things that could happen: Seth Rollins winning or Dean Ambrose costing him the match, and it was option A. Um, so yes, I'm happy with Seth Rollins, and um, this feud's really rejuvenated D- Dolph Ziggler's. Um, career hasn't it I mean putting him with Drew McIntyre helped but they, having this feud really really rejuvenated brilliantly and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the well but it's more of a, a trio thing with the Shield coming back together now isn't it but it'll be interesting to see what happens with Dolph and Drew yeah I, I think the, the the other positive on this is Drew McIntyre's has mm. come out of this on a, on a positive as well it's really I think it's it's helped get him over it sometimes you know the danger of just being, you know, the, the third wheel and all the rest of it. But I think he's, I think he's come out of this very, very strong as well. So yeah, it's it's good, good way forward for all guys, and and that's what yeah. you want, isn't it? Everyone coming out of a, of a feud, the better for it, and and everyone is coming out of this, the better for it. So hey, you know, <laughs> that's all we want to see. Uh, unlike the next match, which um, I don't ever want to see again because I've I've seen it enough, and. Um, I know we, we spoke about how stale this was guy last week and I, I've got to say, look, I, I hated this SmackDown tag team title match. I, I kind of enjoyed it, but, um, I think for what it was, it was just 10, well, it was near 10 minutes of just carnage, wasn't it? And, um, I thought it was enjoyable, but yeah, it was a bit pointless considering what happened on SmackDown as well. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I fully agree. Obviously, they probably will be fighting each other again. But uh, I, I think it's a shame... I'll, I'll combine the SmackDown match as well. Cause I think it's a shame what's happened with the Bludgeon Brothers because I think when they first came in, I think everyone is, was excited about what they do um, because they were, they were the perfect monster tag team and they kind of reset the entire process and then just took the belts off them when they kind of got interesting again. And they've not really had a chance, because, as we keep saying, this feud with the New Day, the, I think they've fought them for, like, three pay-per-views in a row or something like that, and it's it's just really stupid and a bit crap. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it it was okay, but it was not special. And um, the, I think the Bludgeon Brothers tag team reign is going to go down no place in history, but I think it's a shame. Mm, and more, I know we've already... You know, we've already spoke about the the whole tag team division, the the, the raw side of it, and there's there's even more talent on the, the the SmackDown side in terms of the different tag teams there. Um, you know, what I what I hated about this personally was it was just ten minutes of stuff. It just it just felt meaningless to me. It was just some stuff put on. You know, that they, they all did a few little spots here and there, and then we had the DQ finish, and I, I just I just hated it. It's hard to, to really sort of put it into anything else. I wasn't interested in it one little bit. Yeah, I think the thing that affects it is the fact that um, New Day just feel incredibly stale now. Um, they've done so much over the last, you know, how long has it been? Four years or so. Um, there's very little they can do now that will feel different and fresh. Um but I think looking beyond that, I, I thought as a standalone match, um, I, I tend to agree with Guy that I thought it was actually a pretty decent match, quite a good one, in fact, until 
Um, the unsatisfying finish, obviously, a DQ ending. Um, and this was, you know, a common theme during this night. And this is part of the reason why I was a bit down on the show. Um, because, you know, I, I thought it was building into something really quite good. And then we have this abrupt DQ finish. Uh, you know, SummerSlam is supposed to be the second biggest show of the year. And yeah, it felt like the DQ finish was um, being used to try and set up another match down the line, whether it's on SmackDown or at Hell in a Cell. Oh, God, you know, I, some, I really some... don't need. Sorry, I, I just. I re... <laughs> sorry, sorry to cut across. I just really don't need to see these two fighting again. Not again. Well, it looks like we possibly won't because um, I think it's Eric Rowan that suffered a bicep tear um, in, in the last couple of days. So. Um, yeah, we almost certainly. Well. I, to, I told you, Bray is going to be in the main event of Raw. <laughs> no, where Luke Hart is going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it looks like uh, whether it was the plan or not, um, we probably won't be getting more of this um, feud continuing. But uh, yeah, it, as a standalone match, uh, and putting aside how stale um, certain people in the match certainly come across at this moment in time. I still felt it was, um, you know, a pretty decent match. Just a very, very lousy finish. Mm. Uh, what of the squash job on Kevin Owens then? Because uh, I, I just feel why, why did we need to have this on on a big pay per view? You know, less than two minutes. Uh, I, I really don't see what either guy really gets from this. It's I, I found it a very, very odd decision and. And a, a poor way to book one of your, your leading talents, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's bizarre what they're doing with Kevin Owens and what they have been doing with Kevin Owens going back for quite some time now. This isn't something that's new. This goes back to 2017, um, this kind of very strange booking of Owens. I mean, ever since, in fact, the feud with Jericho ended, um, they've booked him in a very inconsistent incoherent way and he has suffered as a result and uh, it's a real shame because he is one of the elite talents in the company and you know he, he could be one of their biggest assets and yet he's just being portrayed as a mid-card nobody and you know being squashed in less than two minutes um, on the second biggest show of the year you know, does nothing really for his um, momentum and for his future prospects. And it's a shame, but I, I just find it very strange Strange why this is going on. There, there must be something more to this than meets the eye. And I'm just intrigued to know what it is. Mm, yeah, I, I have my suspicions. Uh, watching Even watching that WWE 24 documentary with Kevin Owens, it can, oh, sorry, 365, whatever it was called anyway, that that's where my suspicions come from um guy you know you had hopes that perhaps we might um you know this yeah. was being propositioned as um that felt so yeah, long ago Andy. yeah <laughs> that kevin owens was going to get the briefcase and this was you know that this was him you know the, the totally heel thing it didn't look like he could do it then he somehow weasels his way to get in the briefcase and cashes in the same night um. Yeah, didn't quite uh, come out like that, did it? No, it's a, it's. Yeah, as I said, this is my bad spot of the night because it. 
I'll I'll get harsh and real with this bit. This is a fucking joke. Um, to be honest, Kevin Owens is probably one of my favourite people in the WWE at the minute, and well, not in the minute, just in general, because he's been booked fucking horrendously. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a goddamn shame because he he's elite level, and I I'd like I do like Braun Strowman, but he's been built for so bloody long, and he can't he he doesn't even get. He doesn't even get to fucking pin Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and he's just pinned one of the elite talents in under two minutes. What's yeah. the point? What's it building to if he wasn't going to beat Brock Lesnar? Yeah, I, 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 that's a good point, actually. I think that they they risk over-cooking mm. um, Braun Strowman in some way. You know, they keep building and building and building and building and building, but never you pull the trigger. Beats him clean in the next fucking. Oh <laughs> <laughs> god, there, don't fucking go there. It's yeah. Joke. I, I, the it's thing is, the joke. thing is, yeah. The thing is as well, it's not just oh look, we're we're Kevin Owens fans and all the rest of that. It's you know, th- th- this is a guy who's an you know, like you said, like Moore said as well. You know, this is an elite worker. He's a he's a fantastic heel. He's superb on the microphone. You know, he he's he's a great talent and two. To book him and make him look so weak and so poor, it, it's it just it's strange from a business perspective. It's it's a it's an odd way to do business. But um, hey, hey, oh, we could go on about it all night, and and there's still uh, another forty-seven matches to get through on this card. <laughs> um, women's SmackDown Women's Championship: uh, Charlotte, Becky, and Carmella. Look, it's it's going to be difficult to have any kind of a great match with Carmella involved. Um, I thought this was was decent, uh, but my favourite part guy came actually after the match. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. I think on on the prediction, I I think we agreed that Becky was probably going to turn out. I thought it'd maybe be a bit later, but yeah, I think that was the right decision getting. Yeah, doing it, doing it in the moment, and I think you could, um, you, you could see. Well, they kind of delayed it, didn't they? Whilst they had like a little heart to heart before before she did it. But no, I think it was brilliantly done. The match itself, I think it was good considering it had Carmella, and I think that was the best way of putting it. But I, I think I praise indeed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I can't remember. I'm pretty sure on SmackDown they said she's getting a, a rematch next week, which is a very good sign, unless she fucking wins. Good God, um, but if if um, if they get that crap out of the way and then they can build this feud to what it, what it should be and what the women's division should be about, Charlotte Flair versus Becky, Becky Lynch, who I knew she was popular, but like a reaction <clears throat> on on the SummerSlam and during SmackDown, it was surprisingly good how it was because she she's probably more popular than Charlotte. And I know Charlotte's probably more appreciated as a worker, but Becky was surprisingly over as a as a face for me but no i think i think it really works i think becky lynch has been a face for all the time in smackdown hasn't she and this is what the women's division needs it needs two two of the best workers <clears throat> having a feud over the title and ho- hopefully they get a, a bit of um to and fro from it really because uh t- other than oscar i don't see much else on on smackdown that deserves to be in the title picture uh, and more what about yourself on the match? I mean, the match was the match, but do you think it was uh, that the time was right to to pull the trigger on uh, Becky turning? And, and did you like the execution? Yeah, I think it was. Um, but uh, the, the reactions were interesting. That 
you know, obviously the the reaction was almost as if she was turning babyface on Charlotte, which obviously wasn't the intention. Um, and perhaps it, it suggested that um, certainly that fan base isn't um, as keen on Charlotte as perhaps the rest of the WWE uh, fan base. So when I talk about fan base, uh, you know, we're talking about this very hardcore audience that attends some the Slam, Royal Rumble, and New York as well, wasn't it? New York, yes, notorious crowd yeah. as well, though. That's right. So you know, we were in proper bizarro world or bizarro land territory, as Vince used to call it. And uh, you know, they always react in the opposite way. We're often reacting the opposite way to what the company wants. Um, but um, no, it, it was it was good to see that there was a reaction at least. I mean, the last thing you want is a turn to get an indifferent reaction. There was certainly not an indifferent reaction. It was a very strong reaction, but in favour of Becky. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, let's not forget the fact that Charlotte became um, a women's champion once again. I think this is now a seventh reign. And um, the match itself, I thought, was was good. Um, and Carmella, all credit to her, has come on, you know, again in leaps and bounds over the last uh, six to nine months, um, you know, go back certainly a year ago um, nowhere near the worker that she is now she's still far from the finished article but uh, no, certainly can hold her own now um, so so that that's all credit to the effort and work that she's put into um, you know her in ring and uh, you know, Becky is somebody who I think could certainly make a good opponent for Charlotte over the next um, few weeks but uh, what's in Interesting though, just going on a related aside, is rumours about um, the WWE four horsewomen who are Charlotte, Becky, Sasha Banks, and Bailey having a Survivor Series match in three months against the MMA horsewomen who are um, Ronda Rousey, who's the Raw Women's Champion. Um, sorry, spoiler. <laughs> Um, also, <laughs> it's all right, Gags yeah. isn't listening by now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the NXT Women's Champion um, in Shayna Baszler, and then their two friends, who we don't see on WWE television at the moment, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. So four versus four for Survivor Series, what's rumoured, and yet um, that that would seem unlike at this stage, given Charlotte and Becky seem to be heading into a feud with one another. One another. So. Um, no, three months is still a long time, and you know they can have their feud and patch up and make up uh, before survivors, and uh, that uh, big horsewomen versus horsewomen match could still happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this one might still go a while, and certainly through till the uh, Evolution pay per view in October. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. 
Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, it will certainly be interesting to see quite what they do. Um, you alluded to it earlier on more uh, some more Joe AJ Styles for the uh, WWE Championship. I was really enjoying this match. Uh, not too keen on the ending, um, but it has left me wanting more. Um, I, I, both Guy and myself were, were hoping for a title change ju- just to kind of freshen up the scene there. And, and in some ways, perhaps AJ needing freshening up with that title change. And, you know, the, being the babyface ch- uh, chasing a uh, heel champion could have been good for for the show and for for the title itself. But uh, what were your thoughts on the match then? Yeah, I, I thought it was building into something really special, and I thought it was well on its way to being the match of the night. But uh, the, the the finish was just quite uh, a disappointing one. And you know, given that we had other endings to matches on this card, which I were also disappointing you know this by this point i was just letting out a massive sigh and thinking oh god not again um you know joe i I think would have been absolutely fantastic had he won the title here but again it looks like they're using SummerSlam to set things up run it be the event where you get the big payoff and so it looks like we'll have to wait till Hell in a Cell, and possibly even after that, maybe the Super Show in Melbourne to um, eventually see Joe pick up the belt. I, I think we will see him become the champion. Um, I, I'd be very disappointed if he doesn't get the belt. I think he's very worthy as a title holder. Um, he is clearly an exceptional in-ring worker, but I think he's got great personality, superb on promos, um, you know, certainly... Uh, we're freshening things up for AJ as well. Uh, I think that um, his title reign for me is feeling a bit stale, and I think they've possibly got you know directions to go in with this whole um, angle they brought into this with uh, Styles' wife as well. So um, interesting to see where that goes. But for me, it fell slightly, very slightly short of the opening contest between um, Rollins and uh, O. Who, who did he face now? Dolph. Dolph Ziggler. There, there we go. Ziggler, sorry. Um, for, for me, that was very slightly ahead of AJ versus Joe. Uh, I thought, you know, had, had it led to a clean finish, um, Styles and Joe would definitely have been match of the night, but uh, the uh, abrupt DQ finish um, knocked it down a couple of pegs for me. Uh, what about you then, Guy? Where, where do you feel this ranked uh, on the night for you? Um, yeah, this was my match of the night because I think maybe Moore's a bit more of a wrestling purist than me, but I, I quite like the finish. I mean, I'd, I'd really love Joe 
as a champion, like probably the same amount as, as both of you. We all love him on this show, don't we? Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I did like the, what he said. Yeah. I, oh, sorry, I, I, I do, you know, the line that he delivered, you know, I'll be your daddy now. You know, yeah. for that, I, I, that was that was brilliant. If it had led to a finish, you know, a clean finish in the ring some way, you know, for him to then escape with, with the title. I think it would, storyline-wise, it just would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah. I really want to see them in the Hell in the Cell. <laughs> in the still level of, uh, the personal level of this feud. I, I think, it, I think it, again, I think it's the same as the Nakamura thing, wasn't it? It's, maybe they're just doing stuff in the wrong order. And I, I kind of agree that the big payoff should have been at SummerSlam, but I think the fact that um, Hell in a Cell is going to have... Well, it's not official, but let's hope it has Samoa Joe versus AJ in a Hell in a Cell match. I think that's going to be brilliant, obviously. Um, it is a shame that Joe didn't win at SummerSlam. Um, but yeah, I, 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 re- I really enjoyed this match, and I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this feud. But just to expand on it a bit, this has been two big feuds for AJ. Obviously, the Rusev one wasn't too big, but this is two big feuds in a row for AJ, where the opposition's been carrying it, which is n- I don't know if it's deliberate or not from the, the writers and stuff, but it's kind of a worry, because it is making AJ a bit stale, because you had heel Nakamura running it, and now you've got Joe running it, so maybe I, I do think they really need to change the dynamics of it, and the only justification I think is if they really want AJ to break CM Punk's record, as I said on the preview, but that'd be stupid. But yeah, I see no value. It is WWE, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I just see absolutely no value in mm. in AJ beating CM Punk's um, record. Well, if they say record, I mean CM Punk's number because it's not even the record. Yeah. Thing so, is, CM uh, Punk's had rock, like the rock and everything, <laughs> and loads of legends are towards the end. And you can't yeah. see that happening with SmackDown, can you? So mm. it's got, no, it's going to have no. Well, it was a disappointing payoff, but it's going to have no explosive payoff, is it? <clears throat> yeah, and, and more. You know, we're talking here about big shows. You know, traditionally being where you get the payoff. Um, we certainly didn't get really did get the payoff. For Miz and Daniel Bryan, um, if I had to use one word to describe this match, it would be underwhelming. Yeah, um, given the build-up, um, I agree with that. Uh, certainly, seemed that the uh, the crowd agreed with that as well. It lacked heat for the vast majority of the contest, which uh, for a Daniel Bryan match is quite rare. Um, and perhaps um, they're just not interested in Miz. Um, you know, there's heel heat, and then there's I don't want to see you on my TV heat, and I think Miss has a bit of that, which for him is a bit of a shame because he works really hard, but uh, you know he again is the victim of somebody who, a bit like EC3 in a way, um, does tend to end up in fusion programs with people that are certainly in the ring more gifted than him, and. Uh, now, whilst the Miz is certainly far from a poor worker, you know he, he isn't, you know, an elite level worker. And uh, Daniel Bryan is, and people see that and they appreciate that. And uh, you know, they they would have been disappointed to see, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan, you know, uh, come off uh, on the losing end in this one because, um, you know, he made his big comeback um, several months ago, and uh, you know, this should have been a big win and. Uh, you know what we then should have been seeing is Daniel Bryan moving on to potentially even moving into title reckoning, if not immediately, then certainly um, as and when 
Joe and Styles is done as a feud. So the fact that that isn't quite there yet um, would have been a bit disheartening for the fans. And you know, again, it was um, it was a heel cheap finish, but it wasn't for me a particularly great one either. So yeah, disappointing all round, really. Yeah, and guy, uh, uh, sorry. Firstly, that I mean, you mentioned the EC3. Interestingly enough, when we were talking about EC3 earlier in the show, the Miz was the kind of the name that uh, uh, that came to the forefront. That similar thing, you know, mm. uh, not the best worker, a, a decent worker, um, capable, but more about the you know the personality and the talking. Uh, and EC3, obviously, the look as well. I don't think Miz has got the look, but certainly more about the personality and the talking, and not so much about the in-ring, the in-ring work. I think in triple threat matches, it's it's you know Miz can hold his own, but one-on-one, I think he's kind of been shown up a. You know, it comes to it's a bit a bit too much apparent, and I've got to say, in this as well, it, it for me it kind of felt like this was the kind of finish you would have at perhaps the pay-per-view before SummerSlam, mm. you know, and, and also not only that, but if you're going to do that kind of finish, it's got to be more obvious to those who are watching rather than they've got to do replays and the commentators have got to explain what's happened because yeah. then you've lost the actual effect of it. So for me, yeah, the finish, you know, didn't feel like a payoff at a big show. This was more of, we'd have done this the month before it had been more obvious. And then we get to SummerSlam then we have Daniel Bryan, the nice feel-good moment. Everyone enjoys it. The crowd are all behind it, and then they both move on. So, what about yourself, though? Were you in similar sort of vein of thoughts to myself and more? Um, I, I, I'm not as disappointed with the finish, or I wasn't on the night because I thought I think we obviously not much quality rise, but we kind of compare, compared it to Champa and Gargano, didn't we? Obviously not not as good, and it never was going to be as good. Whereas it could do a couple pay-per-views in a row, and then eventually maybe get into a mid, mid-card title or main title uh, somewhere down the line. But um, yeah, it was it was kind of disappointing, considering this probably had one of the probably second best build um, after Joe and AJ, for me anyway. Um so yeah, the match itself wasn't great. I, I do I do like Miz. I think he can. I think he's fine in singles matches. I think we've seen in feuds, feuds previous, he can do fine. This one just didn't seem to. It just didn't seem to click, and it didn't have the quality um, the feud deserved really. Um, and I, I can't. I wanted Miz to win because I thought it'd build into a into a more long term special feud, but. The news broke on SmackDown that we're getting a mixed tag team match at uh, Hell in a Cell, which is the most disappointing thing oh about this Christ. whole thing because that's going to Jesus be Christ. absolutely awful. And yeah, it's going to be brutal. And it's going to yeah. ruin both of them. Brutal. Absolutely yeah. brutal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> next, then, that it took a what, minute and a half. The best, I mean, the, the entrance alone was longer than the match. Um, Finn Balor, Baron Corbin, best thing about this for me, we got to see the demon again. Um, I did enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just tried. I've tried to see which one's shorter, the Finn Balor match or the KO match. And uh, Finn, Finn Balor was. One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> probably the surprise of the night for me. Um, but no, yeah, I agree. I thought the, I thought the demon was um, was 
put on the shelf. Because I, I, for me, I don't think Vince, it's not a Vince thing for me. It just seems a bit random. But no, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think it adds another, um, character development, well, not even a development, redevelopment of uh, Finn Balor's character. Because, as we said in the preview, he's, he's stuck in absolute limbo at the minute. But it, it was good to see him get the, get the main event of Raw. Albeit he did, he did lose to, um, uh, to Roman in the WWE uh, spoiler uh, spoiler gags um, WWE title match <laughs> and, and um, yeah it it's a it was a short under two minute match but I think it had a good impact on on uh, on Finn and hopefully he gets the booking he deserves um, not as bad as KO but them two have been really underutilized and um, pretty much crapped on for the, for the best part of a year. Um, <clears throat> so hopefully it's up for up for the up for both of them, but you can you can really see an upturn for Finn Balor with uh, with the demon coming back because if he's got that in his locker, he always has a special moment in it. Mm. Uh, and more, it was it was uh, for me it was it was nice to see the demon entrance again, and and obviously being in Brooklyn, they enjoyed it. Um, only surprise of the match that followed it, Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy, was that um, that one actually lasted longer because I thought they were going to go, thought that was going to be a surefire uh, short match with with some way of Randy Orton being involved. Yeah, um, it wasn't uh, <laughs> exciting at all. Um, it was just a match that for, for me uh, almost couldn't care less about. Which you know, Andy said to me. I'd be watching Nakamura matches and not caring, you know, never mind a couple of years ago, several years ago, even a year ago. wouldn't have believed you, but, uh, yeah, here we were, and uh, I couldn't have cared less about the contest. Um, it really didn't do anything. Uh, I thought it didn't uh, get the crowd into it either. They seemed pretty dead for it. And, um, you know, the whole Orton stuff was just the icing in the cake. You know, yet another person that, your mate Randy. People. Yeah. Another tired, you know, um, act that nobody cares about. So, you know, the, the whole segment was just a waste of space, a waste of time. And, um, you know, was a prime example of one of those types of matches that, you know, are just me- need- needless, meaningless filler on, um, cards, you know, that are going six hours when they can all be done pre-show included in four. Absolutely great. A guy um, <coughs> we, we thought it might not last. Again, uh, it was it was just what we expected, really. That, that everyone was distracted because this feud, uh, this match, really is more about the feud between Jeff Hardy and, and Randy Orton. So it's this match just suffered from it completely. Yeah, I think the match alone wasn't that bad, to be honest. But yeah, it was just pointless. Um, yeah. And the fact that Randy, I can't even remember if Randy Orton turned up. Um, but no, it, it was kind of pointless and I, I'm really surprised it wasn't a triple threat because that could have had some interest, maybe up the length of the match, up the quality of the match. Um, but hopefully Shinsuke goes on to more interesting things now because I do, I do like him as a character, but he's, he's uh, the Jeff Hardy feud started off alright, but the Randy Orton stuff kind of well, it's just took away from the title, never mind Shinsuke, um, which is a bit stupid. And Jeff Hardy, he is what he is, isn't he? He's, a, he's a, not. A, I don't want to say glorified stuntman, but he, he does. He does love a big spot, doesn't he? Um, 
But yeah, hopefully the ball, hopefully Jeff and Randy go on a, a better match and Shinsuke can find an interesting feud. Yeah, hopefully uh, Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton have matches the nights that I'm not, not watching. <laughs> um, <laughs> Raw Women's Championship then. Ronda Rousey uh, defeating Alexa Bliss. I know you you like uh, Alexa Bliss, Guy. you uh, long been a fan. Um, uh, I guess the title change, unless there was some kind of smoke and mirrors, as we spoke about, what was expected, but... I, I, the speed of Ronda is, I just find, is jaw-dropping. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think it. I think we all expected Ronda to win. The only disappointing thing for me is that Steffi McMahon probably got more offense in against Ronda Rousey than Alexa Bliss did. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, Steph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to see Steph every so often. Yeah, true. But um, Alexa Bliss has probably been one of the best women in the last eighteen months, probably. And it, it is a shame it's ended in four minutes, but you do have to you do have to sell Ronda Rousey, I suppose. And and the, the, she'll go on to um, bigger and more grandish things, won't she? Um, yeah, that's the only slight disappointment for me is that Alexa Bliss looked extremely weak, but I mean she is against probably one of the most scary women in the fucking world. <laughs> uh, but yeah, fair fair dues. That's the only question mark for me, but I, I can obviously understand why. Yeah, and more. Um, it, it was a brief match, so the, I know there wasn't an awful lot there for you to analyse. But um, like I said to Guy. I just find the speed in which uh, Ronda executes her moves uh, just incredible. I uh, just uh, mind blowing how she does things so quickly. She's transitioning so so impressively. I feel at the moment. She is. I mean, you know, she's a world champion four months into her career, which is uh, amazing, almost unprecedented. Uh, I think the only person that might better that is. David Arquette winning the WCW world title, uh, which I still have nightmares about. Um, that was <laughs> Didn't Big Show win on his first night? Uh, uh, or no, White, no, he, he was called. <clears throat> he, no, I think, I think he was about 18 months into his career before was he beat. He? Oh, okay. I think it was Rick, I think it was Rick Flair for his first WCW title. Um, but no, she, she is a freak. Um, and, and looked even more so with, with that makeup job. That that really was quite an intimidating look. But uh, no, R- Rousey, as you say, is, is uh, just a, an amazing uh, performer already. Um, and I think she gets it from her judo background. I mean, that's a sport that does require you to be very explosive and uh, very quick and sudden. And, um, you know, she uh, displayed that in, an, in her MMA career. And, uh, you know, she's now displaying a UF. Uh, a wrestling career as well and uh if she's this good um only four months in then you know just imagine what she'll be like two or three years into her career um this wasn't for me a particularly great contest or even a good one it was like a, a longer drawn out squash match you know alex as you said didn't get much in the way of offense in and uh, just spent a lot of the match just trying to run away from ronda but uh, you know, Ronda is a champion now, and uh, yeah, again, it will be interesting to see where they go with this. Um, 
you know, who will beat her? You know, she beat um, the uh, dominant heel champion of the last uh, year, 18 months, um, as if she was nothing. And, uh, yeah, it's it's um, looking like she might be in for a, a lengthy title reign now. So, mm. uh, yeah, and uh, that, that, that for me is fine. But as long as she doesn't drop the title to Stephanie, that, that is my main fear. <laughs> That's, uh, that, that's oh, Dar, you've, no, oh, you've just gone and planted that thought in my head. <laughs> Why did you have to do that? That's going to be the WrestleMania main event, isn't it? Oh. There we go. Sport it already. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> now, you mentioned squash matches. I mean, when you think on the main card, there was 10 matches and three of them were squash matches. It's, yeah, it, it, a bit of an odd feeling. And it's, you know, suggest again, that mixed kind of booking that we've seen. But what what of the main event then? Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Obviously, Braun Strowman turns up very early on. Um, what what did you make of this contest then, Morbid? Because they kept it very short. Uh, obviously, I guess mindful of the fact that the fans have not been into this. No, they haven't. No, um, but you know, it's good to see Brock drop the belt at last, and finally, Raw has a full-time universal champion again. Um, you know, in a way, it's a shame that they kind of um, killed off the whole um, Paul Heyman uh, storyline from a couple of weeks ago in Raw, where it looked like um, Brock was turning on Paul. I think how they followed through with that and um, maybe the reactions to Reigns on this night might have been a bit different. I mean, he didn't get quite as strongly a negative reaction as he normally gets, but it still wasn't a very positive one. And, um, you know, we still heard chance of you both suck um, during the match as well. Um, you know, Lesnar is now going to head off and do his thing um, in the UFC. Um, you know, it could be a while before we see him in the WWE again. We will do, obviously, he signed a, another contract extension um, around WrestleMania time. But, um, with Reigns picking up the belt at last, um, you know, he really needs to prove himself in a way. Um, you know, I think his many losses to Brock certainly hurt him. I don't think there's any getting away from that. And he needs to, to uh, rebuild his momentum and, uh, you know, come across as a credible champion. And that will be made very difficult by the fact that fans continue to reject him. And so he's stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place. The Rock being the WWE Universe, as they're called, and the Hard Place being um, the stubbornness of the WWE booking. You know, they refuse to turn him heel, and the fans want him to become a heel. Um, so, in the meantime, uh, maybe we they could get the Shield back to... together. That might get the crowd cheering. <laughs> Spoiler again! Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that that'd be something. Uh, but that, that's the only thing that they've done um, in the last couple of years that's ever got him um, positive reactions. Um, but it, it perhaps isn't sustainable because then it means Rollins and um, Ambrose would almost have to play second field to Reigns. And, you know, certainly for Rollins at last, you know, in 2018, he's starting to get a bit of momentum behind him as a singles, you know, face performer. And he certainly lacked that in 2017. So, um, you know, if he's there to try and get Reigns to receive babyface reactions, then um, 
that would almost be a, a waste of Rollins in a way. But, uh, you know, it, it might just be that, um, you know, that the longer term direction with Reigns is to do something with one of Rollins or Ambrose or possibly even both. But, uh, yeah, it, again, it will be interesting to see where they go. But uh, I'm, I'm just glad that Brock has dropped the belt. I think it was long overdue and uh, nice to see it finally go in a different direction. Yeah, and Guy, do you think uh, maybe they had Braun out there from the offset just to stop the the fans crapping all over the match? Um, possibly, but it it soon changed, didn't it? Soon as the soon as the <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and obviously, yeah, there, there's still yeah. chance. You know, you both suck, but <laughs> yeah. I think that they they had that distraction, mm. didn't they? That that Braun's there ringside, the fans are into Braun, and as they're thinking. Uh, well, we don't want to just <laughs> like the end of the bullseye. And walk out because yeah, we think something might happen here. It's like the end of the bullseye. Here's what you could have won. <laughs> um, it's blown a speedboat. Yeah, he is, or or a holiday to some random country that probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. Brom was probably out there to. Um, Probably quieting down the crowd a bit because it was it wasn't as hostile as WrestleMania, but I don't think it it never was going to be because it's not what ninety odd thousand people is it? I'm not sure what the Barclays Center is, um, but it was never going to be as bad. Well, having said that, the Royal Rumble is probably one of the worst ones he's ever got, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's um, it, I think they've got away with it in terms of the crowd reaction because it could have it could have been a lot worse than it was. Um, as you've as you've both pointed towards, and yeah, the the main thing is that it's not Brock anymore, and we've got a, we've got a champion now, and we've already had one defense on TV, and um, yeah, you brought up the Shield there. It, I, I think we all like the Shield, but as Moore said, we don't want Seth taking a backseat role. Ambrose has just came back, and it'd be interesting to see what his character's like. Um, with his new look and stuff like that, but now now he's gonna have to be sh- Shield Ambrose and gonna have to be Shield Rollins and whatever the feud's gonna be for Hell in a Cell. I mean, would the really this isn't a Hell in a Cell preview, but I mean there wasn't much to take away from the match other than the win was there. Um, but are they really gonna go into Hell in a Cell with a Shield match rather than a Universal Title match? I mean, that it's it's a bit hypocritical. But um, yeah, it, 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 that's the main thing. We we have a we have a champion back on on Raw every week, and albeit he's a contentious one. Um, I, I like I like Reigns as a, as a worker. I'm sure we all do, but his character, it's just we've I think we've all said this, and probably every wrestling pod said this. It, it's just Cena too. It's John Cena, Mark too, and it's gonna get it's gonna get worse before it gets better. And um, yeah, happy days, and let's see what they do with the Shield. But um, I'm not. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do because I think there's only three weeks till the next pay per view, so there's a lot of a lot of building to do on on Raw, especially. Yeah, yeah. I think what you mentioned, you know, a Shield matches would probably be the most likely, and. As you both mentioned, you know the, the the best thing to take away from that main event is that uh, we now have the universal title on TV, and yeah, we've moved on from Brock now, and it it needed to be done. So more then, I mean that's it. We you know we've been through Takeover, we've been through SummerSlam, um, you know two big events, huge weekends. 
Um, some some great matches in there, some not so great matches. Um, and a hundred episodes of the Pro Wrestling Index. Now you've been here from the very beginning, so um, what's it like for you getting to one hundred? Well, I didn't think we'd get this far, but uh, no, it's uh, fantastic, absolutely brilliant to have uh, got to this great landmark. Um, so for those geeks um, who check on the app, you might find that there's actually 102 episodes now um, that we put out, but two were not full episodes. They were just um, uh, kind of part episodes um, you know, that, that weren't officially classed as episodes of uh, of this great podcast so yeah, it's been a great ride um obviously i started with um matt toposky um back in july of 2015 so um even though he, he left us um about 18 months two years ago um you know he, he still um was a great partner on on the podcast so certainly thank him for his contributions to um, the podcast and um, all he did for us in the early days. We had some um, you know, guests on, on the podcast as well, including an ex-WWE uh, booker and an ex-WWE commentator. So that was all thanks to Matt, and uh, it was good to have those guests on. Um, and obviously, the last couple of years or so, um, it's been you and I, Matt, and uh, more recently, uh, guy has been uh, increasingly a part of the uh, um, lineup, so um, now it continues to evolve. And you know, one of the things that um, you perhaps will see uh, less of is me appearing on all of the podcasts. Um, you know, we have got others who um, will certainly be looking to appear um, on PWI, and um, I'll still be appearing, um, but not not on all the podcasts like I. Well, most of the podcasts like I had been in, in, in the past. Um, but that, that's a good thing as well. It's always good to get um, different views and opinions. Um, and and that's what Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it means I'm becoming a scene or a rock of, of <laughs> Anfield Index. <laughs> but no, but w- without without the uh, multi-million pound... Um, Cock blockers too, starring Mo Chatra. <laughs> Uh, and without Nikki Bella on my arm, or oh, actually no, that that's that's no longer the, the case with John Cena. But uh, no, it, it has been an amazing uh, three plus years, and uh, now here, here's the three more, and uh, and plenty more besides. So uh, yeah, PWI has been going strong on Anfield Index. Um, you know, very much part of the uh, whole um, channel in terms of the setup. And uh, needless to say, thanks to Gag for. Um, having the idea of putting this podcast together in the first place and um, as I say looking forward to uh, keeping it going for you know, several more years to come and, and if you had to pick out a, a moment in there, there is there any particular one that stands out for you and if it's not the one where I was singing then I'd be very disappointed <laughs> well actually I wasn't on that podcast um, so I listened to it but um, you know, it was guy who, who got to uh, experience that first time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I don't know. There's uh, um, been some great ones um, where we've uh, had some great laughs along the way. And, um, you know, uh, I won't mention the times I fell asleep on podcasts as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, for, for those listeners that aren't aware, we, we in the past we have sometimes recorded these 
very late and I'm, I'm actually somebody who wakes up at four in the morning every day and uh so by the time we get into the late evening um it's normally been a very very long day not that that's an excuse but um yeah and i said i wouldn't mention it and i have done so uh more feel me but uh no we, we we've uh had some uh, great times on this podcast and even today as well and i'm, I'm sure you'll see us out with a song as well mr mr wales Oh, I, see, I, I haven't prepared or thought of anything. That's, you know, just, I, I'm not, I, I forgot my Elias guitar. Oh, that was a moment we forgot from SummerSlam, Elias oh, snapping God, his guitar. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There, it was mentioned. That's as much as <laughs> it gets. <laughs> You've ruined the pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so, look. Mo, thank you for everything, obviously, that you've done with this podcast. And like you said, you know, you, you might not be here for for each and every episode going forward, but you're still going to be a part of it. Uh, a lot of the time, obviously, be myself and Guy. Uh, and as you did mention, more, yeah, the, the, there are going to be uh, a few new voices uh, joining us over the coming episodes. Um, what, we, what we are hoping to do is uh, to try and keep this uh, podcast quite regular. Um, as regular as we can uh, even if it means it just being a short podcast because let's face it sometimes there ain't that much happening in the <laughs> world of WWE that's worthy to talk again. about <laughs> yeah <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, all it leaves us to, to do is is yes as you said look thanks thanks to Gags obviously for, for putting this together in the first place and providing the platform but most of all it's a huge thanks to each and every one of you out there who listen to this podcast. So with, without you, uh, fantastic people out there downloading and listening to that pod, to this podcast, we wouldn't be here. Uh, so we do appreciate, appreciate each and every one of you. So, uh, 100 episodes of, uh, PWI in the can. Here's to a hundred more. And until the next time, from myself, Andy Wales, from Mochatra, from Guy Drinkle, and from everyone who's ever contributed here at the Pro Wrestling Index, it's bye-bye for now. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter pretty litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness it's the world's smartest kitty litter Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.